Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're here till 11 o'clock, taking your computer calls, comments, questions, and concerns. And then Dr. Alessi will be in with Healthy Rounds. He'll give you a second opinion on your health advice. We have three lines open on this Saturday morning. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Let's go right to your calls. Bob and Waterbury has been on the longest. Morning, Bob. How you doing, guys? Good. Can how you are you? Me? Yep. Okay. Uh, I have a modem uh, from uh, one of those rental com- you know, uh, cable companies. Yeah. Um, now, is that a Wi-Fi also? Some of them can be. Depends. Right. Yep. I mean, I figure I've been paying $11 a month for about 16 years, so that's pretty expensive. That's one wicked expensive modem there, Bob. Right. So what do I got to do? Just go to, like, Best Buy or something? Yep. You can go there and say, hey, I've got Comcast, Cox, whatever you have, and you can buy a modem, just a modem for your service. Right. Then if you want to add Wi-Fi, you would buy your own router that has wireless antennas on it. So you're going to buy two devices. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. So now I – because I – joined a meat company like freaking 20 years ago. Say that? Wait. You, wait a minute. You joined a meat company? Yeah, you know, if you if you buy this uh, meat package, they'll send you a computer. What? <laughs> this is like 20 years ago. All right. And, and the computer is still working. Wow. It's, it's in a back room of my house, and I have, somebody could be living in that room, and I would never even know it, because I use my computer at work. Yeah. And my daughter uses a Wi-Fi. Uh-huh. Um, but, I mean, this I haven't turned this thing on and off in, in 15 years. Okay. But, I mean, I, I'm just saying, should I just, I should probably look in there and make sure no one's living in the house there and get a new modem, I think. <laughs> yeah, I would get a new modem and a new router that's all yours, and you could tell the, um, the, the cable. to the, leave. Yeah, the cable provider to leave. Make sure you bring the old uh, modem back to Comcast so they don't continue to pay charge you for it. That's true, but, yeah. Get a return. I mean, after a while, I mean, you just pay your bill every month. You pay your bill every month, and you, you know, in a big scheme of thing, like ten dollars, you know. But as you guys were talking, about, I'm sitting here looking at my bill. I go, oh, let's see, eleven, oh, eleven dollars times twelve months times sixteen years, like a holy crap. Yeah, that's how a much, lot of money. How much is it more? Like eighty bucks, ninety yeah. bucks? Yeah, it's eighty bucks, even less. That's less, fifty like bucks, forty bucks. Yeah. So you'll make your money back instantly. And uh, no, that's actually one of the biggest uh, money makers for the cable providers is to rent you stuff. And they depend on the fact that you don't read your bill every month. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I read it. I've been seeing it. I just when I get down the modem rental, I kind of like gloss over it. Right. You know? I hear you. Well, yeah, you yeah. can definitely do that your own on your own, Bob. Get a modem and a router, and uh, I would I would probably get rid of that twenty year old meat computer. Well, I mean, I I have a computer <laughs> at work, and I, like I say, we never even use this computer. I'm like. Yeah. Everyone, Three or four years, I go in there and I go to my web uh, Facebook. I go, holy crap, it still yeah. works. How much meat? How much meat? 
down and close the door, and I go back four years later. Yeah, how much meat would you have to buy to get a free computer 20 years? I mean, computers 20 years ago cost a lot of money. You must have bought a lot of meat. Oh, it was actually, uh, you buy a cow? It was like Colorado Prime, and like every like three months they'd come, and they would stack your freezer for you. Nice. You, you would get steak. You'd get pork chops. You'd get, and it was pretty – it was prime A beef. Nice. You know, and it was it was pretty good, but you just have to eat a lot of beef. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, hey, it sounds like it was an interesting combo. So, uh, But, yeah, you got something to do this weekend. You want a steak, you play with your computer. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> so crazy. All right, Bob. All right. See you later. Thanks, guys. Our pleasure. You hear it all. I mean, that's a, that's a weird combination. Meat and computers. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Well, 20 years ago, computers were really expensive. I know, but just think so of the, that had to have been a pretty good, expensive uh, meat contract. Yeah, but just think of the marketing decision. Just think of the guys in the boardroom and say, all right, all right, so we got this great meat. And you know what? Along with making this such a great deal for people, we're gonna, you know what we're going to do? Some guy just chimes up. Yeah, let's give him a computer too. <laughs> the, the fact that you came to that is just so funny to me. I don't know why, but it is. Let's go on to Mike in East Hartford. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going, man? Doing fine. How are you? Not bad. What can we do for you? So I like your show. Thanks. Got a big problem Uh-oh. with uh, Frontier. Oh boy. I'm on. You know how you go online like everybody else, and yeah. you're doing your thing, and you're doing your computer, computer work and yeah. you've got to minimize one screen to go to another screen sure that's pretty common yeah so frontier when i minimize the stupid thing disappears oh boy i lose everything help me all right so number one turn your radio down because it's going to freak you yeah, out sure. as you hear yourself in the background um what do you got bob here as far as where he's where is he minimizing his screen is it going below the um taskbar or something well, it's it's going to be down on the taskbar, so you should be able to hover over it and have it have it show up, and then click, you know, on it, and it'll it'll come up. Right. So if it, like if you're running the beach ball, if you're running Chrome, and I minimize my Chrome window right now by hitting the dash, it'll go off the screen, and you'll have to hit. You'll see a little blue line under the Chrome beach ball. Okay. Wait. So I I could do it with other computers, or other places, but with Frontier I can't do it. I try to minimize it, and the whole screen disappears. Well, Fr- I can get the screen to come back up, but I can't get the one that that I minimize. I have to call Frontier and ask ask them to help me. Did you ever and then, have? And I talked to somebody who who uh, was on the other end who who has a big business, and they were saying Frontier does this to everybody. Maybe I'm not quite understanding because Frontier really shouldn't be involved at all, frankly. It well, should... I'm I'm using their. I know. But but um, your browsing doesn't how your computer works with whatever browsing service you're using doesn't really matter. So I'm I'm confused by the connection to Frontier. Right. Um, it shouldn't matter. So what what browser do you use, Mike? Is it the Beach Ball? Um, Is it the little red, little fox around the blue? Gmail. Um, hmm. uh, Firefox. Use Firefox. So you're shrinking Firefox down, right? The whole thing, right? Yeah. Well, you, well, you got to go to another screen. You got to minimize. So it's just, you know how you're supposed to shrink and shrink. When you minimize it, shrinks it down, it goes to the top. Yeah. This doesn't do that. This whole freaking thing disappears. Right. You hit the little dash, right? So then it yeah. really should show up in your um, taskbar. In, in the um, task, well, not the task manager, but down in the. Thing on the bottom? Yeah, the, the taskbar. On the bottom? Yeah. In the lower right hand corner, if you click on the little upper carrot, It'll show you all the applications that are running. So that one should show up in there. Okay, click on what now? The upper carrot? 
Yeah, so this is Windows 10, right? No, Windows 7. 7. Okay, there's a place where it says more applications over on the right. The system tray, it's called. Yes. System tray? In Windows 7, yeah. And, And you open that system tray, and you can see, you know, whatever applications that are kind of running in the background that you can open up. So if you have Outlook open, there'll be a little Outlook icon. Um, if you have Slack running, there'll be a Slack icon, even though you may not have the the windows visible. Right. So you see, where would you see the icon up up top somewhere? No, below on the bottom. It would have okay. a little. Yeah, it'll be a little window that would open up. Okay. Just big enough for whatever's running. I bet you you don't have a taskbar showing. Well, I do. I do. Uh, when you first on the on the when you first turn on the computer mm-hmm. and it asks it, it, all of those uh, all of the, they're all down below and you pick either Chrome, Firefox, uh, Internet, those okay. things. You see? Do you what see do you the now? Those? those are icons. Those okay, are those right. are browsers. Uh, so 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 I so I know I know what you mean, but they they disappear once you once you have one on. Once you go right to uh, huh. um, uh, Firefox, those disappear. Uh, maybe your taskbar is auto hiding. Is there your you taskbar drop? Oh uh, boy, drop away. You can do that. You could you could have right click. So right click on your taskbar and see if you got. Oh, I see. Right click on it. Okay. And make sure auto hide is not set, Mike. But we think it's something silly like that. Oh um, okay. So right click on the taskbar. Yeah, and make sure it's set to not auto hide. Oh, I see. All right. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. Good luck, great Mike. Show. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye bye. Yeah, Mike. Uh, he's learning. He's he's learning. He's called before. He's we all learning. Learn. Yeah, learning what he's doing there. So we'll help him out. Hopefully, it helped him out. We got three lines open for you. Eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. Chris and Torrington. Hang on. Hang on. And if you've got a question, comment, or concern, or maybe you dealt with the uh, Microsoft kerfluffle, as it was called, by the first caller out of New York, uh, who uh, whose entire company went down thanks to a data center nationwide. In, yeah, thanks to a data center outage in the southeastern portion of our country uh, from Microsoft. The Azure system went down. The 365 system went down. All oh, the cloud went down thanks to a lightning strike from an actual cloud. Can't make it up. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk. We're here until 11 o'clock. One line open for you. And uh, we'll do our best to help you out. Feel free to get online. And uh, let's go to Chris in Torrington next. Morning, Chris. Good morning. How are you? Doing fine. How are you doing? Good. Um, when I turn my computer on, I get a message from Microsoft, mm-hmm. supposedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never <laughs> know these days. Right, exactly. Saying that there is a problem with my computer that needs to be fixed. It may be that I changed a password, and to click here to fix it in shared experiences. Hmm. I don't know. Just a little leery. I would not open that. I would run Malwarebytes. Okay. (laughs) Hang on, yeah. Uh, we we both are a little skeptical on that one. Okay, Um, so was I, which is why I've left it alone. And called you. Yeah, I'm checking here, though, to see if it's real. Um, Microsoft could have some warm and fuzzy tool that allows you to have some sort of... Yeah, it's true. There is a, there is some feature called shared experiences. Um, okay. It is part of the uh, creator's update. Hmm. 
All right, so this is not necessarily a uh, malicious um, warning. It is actual, really, it is legit. Okay. So you can still run Malware Bites for Bob's suggestion for any all sorts of reasons, but this is legit. Um, okay. So there is a link here that we can throw from Microsoft that talks about correcting it. Um, it is something up with your Microsoft accounts, but you might not even be using the shared experience tool. Uh, do you have a Hotmail? No, I don't. Okay, then it's not that. Or Microsoft Mail or Microsoft account? I well, do, but I don't use it. I think you do. What I think is when you started your PC uh, to get the... Uh, to get it up and running, they had you establish a Microsoft account. Correct, yes. And, and you're logging in with that Microsoft Live account or Microsoft account. Okay. And it doesn't actually log in locally, and it, it logs into the Microsoft Cloud. I see, okay. So, so what may have happened is that the password for the Microsoft Cloud may be changed. Okay. So you need to change, you know, I don't know, go in and fix it, say I forgot my password or reset it back okay. to what you had. It's something like that. Okay. Yeah, you can do that. Um, we can also put the link here from the from the thread that I found where folks have had this corrected as well. But oh, it, it's an update. It is definitely legitimate, and it's good for you to okay. be skeptical, though. Okay. Well, thank you. You're welcome, uh, Chris. We'll put it there for you. All right, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, bye now. Bye-bye. Did you get the... Uh, I put one up. Well, you're, you're going to put yours up, too? Did, well, did you find yeah, one? I can. I got one here, yeah. Okay. I'll put mine and you put yours and whichever one's good. Mike can Mike will load. Um, but, yeah, it's good to be skeptical these days with any kind of warnings or pop-ups that come from quote-unquote Microsoft. Unfortunately, you just can't trust that they're legitimate or not. Because um, if you have some sort of browser hack, a so bra- many, browser hijack. So many spoofing things out there. Yeah, they're gonna, especially the ones do not ever call any number. If you see a pop-up that says call this number, it always is uh, a hack or a a trick or a a fish. I got an email from um, American Express last week. Did you? Yeah. And it said click here to fix your account. I know. So I forwarded it to fraud at uh, AmericanExpress.com and and put a little thing as, is this for real or is this fraud? (laughs) Yeah. You never click, never click, never click. All right, guys, let's go on to Dan in uh, Bark Hampstead next. Hey, Dan, what's up? Hi. Um, I have a um, Windows 7 hard drive with uh, 200 gigs of uh, data, which are just about filled up, and I have a 500-gigabyte uh, new hard drive, which um, is basically new. It's just a data uh, hard drive, and I'm using a um, USB adapter. It doesn't have the separate power um, portion on it, and essentially when I plug this in to the um, new hard drive and the USB on the um, computer, which I'm trying to image, mm-hmm. uh, nothing comes up. So I'm wondering, do I have to format the new one first, and then does it come up, or do I have to have a uh, device that has power on this adapter to image it? Well, depending on what kind of adapter you chose, uh, it may not be working because of that reason, yes. Um, you know, obviously, the, the hard drive needs power, and if the USB adapter is not giving it, it's not going to see it. As far as formatting, yes. Generally, you do have to format the drive uh, so that it's ready to be seen by the operating system that you've got. 
Um, so both those things are probably an answer yes. The adapter we recommend, we linked last week uh, on our show. You can check out that adapter to see if, if it might be more beneficial to you. Or you can go down to a local computer store or uh, like cables and connectors or something like that on the Berlin Turnpike. They might offer you the uh, the part you need. Uh, but yeah, for- yeah, but formatting um, the drive, yeah, if it's not formatted properly, your computer won't see it. Uh, how old's your machine? Oh, it's, um, well, that's, that's, good. that's a good question here. It's essentially the Dell M1580 with a, um, oh, it's an HBR drive that's just kind of swapped out. So okay. It's got a little bit of everything in there. The reason I yeah, the reason I asked the age is sometimes the controllers don't know the geometry. Now, 500, 500 uh, gigs is not that big. Um, so it should see the geometry of that drive, but it, some old controllers won't. They're like, what are, you, what are you putting in me? I've never, I don't know what that thing is. It's too big. Um, actually, um, I'm going to correct that. It's actually an Asus. It's an, it's an uh, Asus motherboard? Yeah. Uh, what was the question again? It's an, uh, Asus, it's an Asus motherboard. How old, how old would you say it is, though? Uh, four years. Oh, okay. It'll see that drive, no problem. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. For, for the most part, if I take a um, an older hard drive out that's got data on it, the mm-hmm. uh, adapter I'm using uh, access something or other on it, um, it works pretty well. You know, just a oh. generic thing. Got it for seven or eight bucks on uh, eBay, and uh, it just says uh, access. Um, could could access it be power data? You know, just um, yeah. Could it be that the drive's bad? Uh, that's a possibility. Obviously, it's a it's a new drive and never tested it. Um, basically, it, it, it's like it lights up and then there's a uh, red light on the right. So I'm pretty sure I'm probably going to have to just format it and then mm-hmm. copy the data with some imaging software and it'll work out that way. Yeah, so, and you can just uh, open the case and plop it in there. It might be easier for you than through the USB anyways. Perfect. Great idea. Appreciate it. <laughs> right, here to talk with Tab, right? Exactly, man. That's it. Cool. <laughs> Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. But, yeah, sometimes older machines won't see the newer drives. They just don't understand the size, and uh, they can't format them. But he's got a a young enough machine, so it's either a bad drive, a formatting problem. With the red light, I'm going to say it may be a bad drive. You think so? Yeah. Don't like to see red. (laughs) Not in computers. Let's go on to uh, Ed in Berlin really quick here. Ed, we may have to hold you over to the new, through the news. Oh, we do have to hold you over, Ed. Can I hold you over? Yeah, no problem. All right. So we'll we'll take Ed's call up in a minute. And two lines open for you guys. Uh, feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. John in Farmington, hang on as well. Everything we've talked about so far has been posted over at computertalkwithtab.com, the name of the show.com, which also works. If you go to Facebook and like Tab Computer Systems on Facebook, Zuckerberg may let it get to your news feed if he deems the news worthy. Nowadays, you just never know. And uh, Twitter, too. If you follow us on Twitter and go to Tab Computer Sys, the folks at Twitter might deem the news worthy, um, and it'll get to your Twitter feed. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab, and uh, we're here until 11 o'clock, and uh, we have one line open. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And uh, I'm going to go right back to Ed in uh, Berlin, who was nice enough to hang over. Hey, Ed, what's up? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. How are you, sir? Great. Hey, I'm getting a little uh, pop-up. Uh, I have Windows 10, mm-hmm. um, and I have I keep getting a pop-up the notification from Windows. It says, the last USB device you connected to this computer malfunctioned, 
and Windows does not recognize it. So then I clicked on the on the little icon that pops up in the system tray, and it goes on to say, try reconnecting the device. Uh, if Windows still does not recognize it, your device may not be working properly. And then I open the device manager, and it shows a um, like a, a yellow triangle on a uh, one of the USB devices is unknown USB device device mm-hmm. descriptor request failed. Yep. And I can't get that little pop up from stopping. And of course, it does a chime every time it comes up. Oh, you don't like that? Uh, no, it's, um, <laughs> it doesn't go with my music. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, there. This is a common issue. You could go to that device manager, I think, and just remove the exclamation point device if you'd like. Um, but we can give you a whole slew of ways of trying to fix this problem, um, and any one of them might work. That's kind of the problem with IT these days. You know, the old days it was like you just do this and it fixes it. But here, the solutions I found so far, there's already we're up to five different methods. Uh, yeah, five different methods that um, could work for you, and uh, we can. We can do that, put that link up there for you. Did you find a good one, Bob, too? No, not really. And it could be that the port's malfunctioning as well, not just the device. It could be, yep. It could, you could have a bad, a bad USB port. But the idea is um, you could simply power your machine off, restart your computer, and connect the last USB device back in. It could solve the issue. Okay. It just you just needed to quote unquote power cycle the the computer, turn it off and turn it on. Before you do, I would go into the device manager and and remove the device first. The yellow, the one with the yellow Correct. exclamation okay. point. The one that says uninstall. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then it'll either try to reinstall it and it'll do it correctly and everything's good on the reboot, or it'll come up and fail again. Okay. Um, the, the device that I think it is, it's my, it's one of my backup hard drives. Yep. And uh, so when this happened i says oh i wonder if it was that and i plugged that in and it seemed to work fine okay but maybe maybe what i'll do is what you suggest there is to turn it off and plug that in and then yep. turn it back on yeah and then go check device manager see if you have any kind of exclamation points if you don't you're good uh or if you do uninstall it like we just said reboot again see if that solves it well here's the thing if the device you plugged it in and it, and it and it malfunctioned on let's say USB port A, right. and you plug it into USB port B and it works. It could be that it corrupted the driver on USB port A, and USB port A is complaining. Yeah, it, it is messed up. Right. So by clearing it, that could solve the issue, or it may not solve the issue. Well, that that port may not work for some devices, and then you could plug other devices into it, and it could work. I had my, my Sony used to do that. Okay. <laughs> I do have two USB ports that are readily accessible, so maybe I'll try the other one. Yeah, and as far as um, when you pull things off, do you right-click and eject the USB device, or you just pull it off? Every time. You right-click and eject it? Yeah. So you do it the right way. Good. Um, Listen to you guys. All right, I love it. Uh, so that's great. So you're doing the right thing. So try those two options. Uh, if, you know, I, I can put this whole list here for you. It comes from the ESUS people who do backup software. Okay. And uh, the only drawback of this link that is here is that they give you a way to download something, which is like their software, and I don't want you to, to download a tool that they're kind of showing it to me. It seems like a little bit of false advertising here. They're like, download this, and uh, I don't want you to download a tool. I want you to read the instructions below 
that talk about what you need to do to try to fix this, and I don't want people to get confused and start downloading stuff. So okay. for now, well, I'm not going to put it up there. Be appreciated. Yeah. All right, Ed. All right. Thanks, guys. You got it, sir. Right now. Bye bye. Um, yeah, USB devices can be kind of sensitive. Let's go on to uh, John in Farmington. Been on the longest. Hey, John. What's up? Hey. Good morning. Morning. Um, couple. Uh, well, really, one basic question. Um, I've had been running OpenDNS for I don't know a couple of years. You guys been since you guys been promoting it. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, um, I don't ever check it, and I don't n- never hear you guys saying you should go in and check it once in a while to make sure it's running and, and doing what it's supposed to do. Yep. I, I have uh, teenagers in the house, and, and usually I get tipped off that it's not working because they give me clues about this <laughs> didn't work or that didn't work. And, yep. um, and I haven't heard anything lately, so and I don't I don't check it, so I don't know. I just can I just assume it's it's running properly. Well, you know what assuming does, John. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, I, I agree with you completely that you should check it. So the only way you can check it though is if you set filters up. Did you set filters up to say yeah. like you did? So the yeah, easy. So it, it's like at the highest filter because I got teenage boys, so I'll make sure they're not getting anything. Um, yeah. The one problem with that is it blocked Gmail, which you can say you know exceptions. And- right. So to check it, just type in the site that you would that you would not want them to go to, and if it blocks it, you win. And uh-huh, right. You can also go into the Open DNS console, and you can actually see a report of the most visited sites. Uh huh. So okay. you can see where they're going, or you know, uh, what's being visited and accessed the most. And right. it, and teenage boys, if they've got their own cell phones, will circumvent your filter anyways using the cellular connection. Um, so keep that in mind. Open DNS can't. They can't. Yeah, they'll use their their data side of things. They can't. You can't stop that, unfortunately. Right, right. right. Actually, you shouldn't say that. You might be able to stop that through your carrier. Huh. Frontier. For your cell phone. Uh, oh no, sorry, AT and T. Yeah. So I think they have parent parental controls you can configure. Don't don't hold me to that, but I think you can. But if you want to check Open DNS, just type in one of the sites that you would think a teenage boy might try to go to. Right, right. <laughs> Playboy.com play, play or something. Yeah. That's what I always use. Yeah. Okay. It's All for right. the articles. And and um, as far as allowing them to get to Gmail, um, if I just say Gmail.com is an exception, it should allow them to get on their email. It should. It should, but there unfortunately, um, just one domain may not be the only domain that's required for Gmail to work. Yeah, they, they might I have think other. I did that. My daughter said she can't get her Gmail um, email, so maybe there's more to. Yes. Email. Well, the console uh, in OpenDNS should tell you if if it blocks something. Uh huh. Okay. If you look at yeah, if you look at the details, but you may also have to go and do some searching on Gmail as far as content filtering affecting Gmail, and. Gmail would probably tell you what other uh, compendium domains have to be kind of allowed I for see. that to work, and that can sometimes be the case. We have a have a client who's a you know a Ford dealership, right? And they're like, "Hey, we want only our technicians to go to Ford.com. Period. Every other website we want you to block." Okay. Well, it turns out you can go to Ford.com, but along with that, there's all sorts of other sites that Ford needs to offer these guys to do their job, and it's right. not under the Ford.com umbrella. So it's a it's a bigger problem than just blocking one domain. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. So, well, I'm glad to know that it's been running and, and uh, doing its job. You just test, Did you just test it just now while we were talking? Uh, I didn't. I'm not in front of it at the moment. Yeah. But, um, I will do that on a periodic basis at least. Yep, quick test is easy to do. 
So, and and, and as far as um, uh, uh, filtering phone, uh, uh, do you find the Apple iPhone to be the most parental controls friendly? My oh. daughter doesn't have a phone yet, and I'm going to get her one. So, um, I don't think so. Uh, Apple offers what they would tell you is more personal privacy of their data. Uh, they're not going to sell your daughter's data to some marketer. Uh, I don't know that they offer better parental controls than, than any other uh, cell carrier. But you're okay. probably going to have to download a tool with, from within the carrier that controls the phone. And uh, I'm pretty sure many of them offer it these days where you can actually do that. And uh, I, I think it is, it's carrier-based, not necessarily hardware-based. Okay. Thanks very much. I appreciate you. You got it, John. Great job. Our, our pleasure. Thank you. For listening, um, let's go on to Jean in West Hartford next. Hey, Jean, what's up? Hi, I just wanted to touch base with you. I might have missed it because I heard you talking to somebody earlier about being suspicious about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I had gotten an email from somebody that I don't usually get an email for, and yep. I didn't recognize the thing. And I thought that's really weird. So I actually contacted her and just said, "Did you send me an email?" And she called me back and said. No, I didn't send you it. Don't open it. I'll, I've gotten all kinds of messages from people that said, you know, did I send it? Right. And she said, supposedly nobody's opened it. So the one thing that I did, which I, normally I would have just probably trashed it, but I spammed it, mm-hmm. all right? Yeah. And when I spammed it, I got a pop-up message that said, do you consider that this might be a possible hack? And if so, we'll investigate. And I said, yes. Mm-hmm. And then I closed out. But then I got a little nervous about that because I'd never seen that message before, and I spam enough stuff. Yeah, you market as spam. What, which mail provider are you using? I'm using um, – I'm actually using uh, Frontier, I guess, indirectly because okay. I'm using um, – I'm still one of the ones that still has an sbcglobal.net. Yeah, so you're a, you're an Oath Yahoo I'm system. I'm an old old subscriber, an old old one, and yeah. you know, in fact, I'm also one of the ones that for a while I was getting that message. The about, Oath message. You know, changing my password. Mm, oh, okay. Um, or about no, what are they telling me? Oh, that I need to give them, I need to sign off on that message. Right. You right. know, the one that they say. Let us read your email, or we're going right. to read, read your email. Right. So I still have never signed it. Okay. But I've been leaving my email on a little longer, and I still manage to always get in. I can click out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So uh, they're, they're, maybe they're going to offer. Maybe they're offering a little service where they're keeping an eye on what they consider spam. Okay. And so I wouldn't worry about it. All right. Because I was just getting a little nervous because I don't like I you know I don't click on things I don't know and then I'm thinking well maybe I shouldn't have referenced it maybe there, there's something attached to that particular email and it's really that. and it's really not a mis it's a kind of a misnomer when you say you don't know because you know this person that sent you the email right so but I just know that it would be unusual for them to send me an email that's fine I, I hear you on that it's always the links within the messages that you have to really be yeah and I know about. that too I know it's just never pop into one. And just don't open anything. But I, um, you know, I, then I just immediately wanted to spam it and get it out of there. Yep. Well, you've done you've done your job. All right. Okay. Thanks so much. <laughs> All right, Jean. You guys are great. I appreciate it very much. Oh, thanks for listening. Alrighty. We appreciate it too. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. We're gonna step for, step out for a quick break. Rick and Steve, hang on. Two lines open for you. We're here till eleven o'clock. This is Computer Talk.
and we are back. I never knew what that guy was saying on this song. Wake up my airplane or something like that. It's, I don't know. <laughs> you ever have those tunes in your head where you're like, what are the lyrics on that thing? You know? It's like an Elton John used to say, electric moves, right? I always thought it was electric something else. <laughs> What's going on? You always hear these different different uh, lyrics when you're hearing these tunes. All right, I digress. Let's go back to your computer stuff so I can get you guys back on track, hopefully. Rick in Southington. At least I'm not talking about polkas, right, Matt? <laughs> What's going on, Rick? Did you say Rick in Southington? I did. I, Rick. Uh, maybe the the, uh, uh, the caller screener might have uh, mistook it. That, uh, my name is Dick, and I live in Southington. Sounds good. Close enough for me, sir. What can, okay. what can I do for you? <laughs> uh, I, uh, <clears throat> I've been conversing uh, with a law firm that's uh, in uh, California for about five years mm-hmm. through email. All right. Uh, and uh, uh, just the other day, they told me that my email had been hacked into by uh, another party uh, that has this suit involved uh, against them. Wow. They had told me uh, to uh, establish a email account on Google Chrome and to change the uh, email address on uh, Yahoo which is what I get my email through. Okay. Uh, is it actually necessary to change the email address in Yahoo, uh, or would just changing uh, the password take care of that? It depends on how you're being hacked. So if somebody's really hacked your account um, and you change the password, uh, they could be so connected that they're going to get the email that you changed the password and change it again. Um, so it all depends on how you're, how badly you're, you're email has been compromised. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they are warning you that you have been compromised, you should get a whole, even get a whole new mailbox like they're suggesting is a safer way. Now, Gmail is just another cloud-based system like Yahoo Mail. Um, so uh, as far as I'm concerned, you could have even, you can continue to have issues down the line. Um, maybe consider a company like Hushmail, which is a more, it's out of Canada. Um, they offer more privacy when it comes to email systems, and you'll you'll probably have a less chance of being impacted by hacks um, by using that type of service. I would contend than a Yahoo or a Gmail or a Hotmail or a Office three sixty five mail or whatever it might be. All right. Well, the the law firm the firm uh, had said that they did want me to converse with them from now on through Google Chrome. Okay. Yeah, so using you're going to use Google's Gmail system, and you're going to create a Rick from Southington Gmail account, mm-hmm. and uh, stop using Yahoo. I guess is what they're saying. Yes, that's what it sounded like to me too. Yeah, but I still would change your password to Yahoo. It wouldn't hurt to try. But if the if the hacker is going to get the notice that you changed your password, they could simply try to get involved again. Uh, if I was to call Yahoo, is there a check that they could do to find out if it was actually hacked? Maybe. But mm-hmm. the idea being that the hacker is logging in as you. Okay. Because either they figured out your password or because, you know, you're if you use the same password on other cloud-based systems, right, if you use your same password, if you use LinkedIn or if you use other technologies on the cloud and you happen to use the same password on those services – Many of them, heck, Yahoo, all three billion of its users' emails were hacked. Everyone, the bad guys already know your password, Rick. And if you've never changed it since that hack, 
All they had to do was look at a list and find you. Okay. Um, so they would not necessarily know, how, you know that you've been hacked, but they've already been hacked, and that's why I think uh, did Verizon buy them, and they actually lost about a billion dollars because of the hack. Um, so I would just change your change your account over to Gmail for now, based on your law firm's advice. Make it a very difficult password and not one you use elsewhere. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for your help, and I enjoy your show. Thanks, Rick. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Okay. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, it's definitely a disconcerting thing, especially when you're trying to perform transactions with law firms because a lot of that stuff you know, has instruction about how to move money around or what have you. And if the bad guy is reading your email and you tell the law firm for this closing, let's say, you know, I'm going to you know, send you a check, and then the bad guy hears this, and gets in the middle and tells the law firm, "Oh, I changed my mind. Why don't you wire me the money?" It turned acting as you. The law firm could inadvertently send monies to the bad guy because they thought it was you because you've been hacked. And that's part of the drawback of using the cloud mail systems or using the same passwords across multiple cloud systems. Let's go to uh, Steve on the cell phone. Hey, Steve. Good morning, guys. Morning. First time caller. Um, I hear you talk about open DNS a lot. Yeah. Um, I got a machine, uh, let's see, HP, it's about five years old. I have malware bytes, and we're using um, Firefox. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe that with Windows 10, it came with its own uh, Microsoft security. Yes. If I was to add open DNS, do I have to shut that off somehow, or can they work together, or how's that work? Great question. Open DNS is not an antivirus program. It is, okay, what, it is basically right. a different way to get to the Internet. All Internet, webs, oh. all Internet websites use something called DNS to tell you where to right. find them. So computertalkwithtab.com translates to an IP address, and DNS right. translates it. What we're telling you to do is use a safer DNS service. So there's nothing to load, nothing to buy. You just configure your browser to use the open DNS DNS addresses, and Bob knows these things by heart, right, Bob? 208. Oh, hold on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222222
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.